0: So about six or eight months ago, I was on Twitter. I'm not really sure which it was. And I saw this word, and I didn't really know what it meant. But I'll give you guys the word that I saw on the board that day. That is the word that I saw on the board, and I had no idea what it meant. I didn't know if yo-yos were coming back in style, but I needed to know what this word was about, because all of a sudden, it started blowing up on my Twitter and my Facebook feed, and I'm a youth pastor, so I kind of need to know about these things that are going around, because the kids are always talking about these things, and I can't be out of the loop. So that Friday night at Collision, uh, at Green Room, I talked to some of the youth group kids, and I make the big mistake of asking some of the the Smithtown Christian School kids. And I went to Smithtown Christian School, and I should have known better, because we have no idea what's cool. We are like, (laughs) what the public school world knows and what we know are like two totally different things. And so then I finally wise up, and I go and ask one of the public school kids, and I ask this girl named Elena, and she goes, oh yeah, that's YOLO. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? And she was like, You only live once. And I was like, how do people use that? And she told me it was created by a rapper to be used as an excuse to do whatever you want. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And so I'll kind of explain this, guys, to you a little bit better with an example out of my own life. Um, For me, an example of Yolo was when I was at Doug's house for the Christmas staff party And we're kind of hanging out, and I got there a little bit early before everyone else, and so I got to hang out with his kids, and his son Landon is talking to me, and he's telling me about his new favorite movie, Home Alone, and that happens to be my favorite movie too, and this kid is like a sponge, he remembers every line from this movie, and so I gave him the true Home Alone test, I said, AC says you owe me 10%, And he looks right back at me and goes, AC's not in charge anymore. And he was right with me, man. He knew what he was talking about. And so he kept quoting other lines. And he's like just saying random things. And then he finally gets to this one part where, I don't know if you guys remember this scene, but Kevin has to walk into the shower to grab something for his mom, but his Uncle Frank is in the shower. And Uncle Frank pulls off the curtain. He goes, get out of here, you little pervert. And so Landon proceeds to tell me, he goes, Joey, get out of here, you little pervert. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. And I need to take total advantage of this and use this to make Doug upset. So um, before Andrew gets to the Christmas party, he was running a little bit late that night. I was able to... Tell Landon, all right, this is what we're going to do. When Andrew gets here, you're going to walk up to him and so say, get out of here, you little pervert. And so... And so we're all sitting at the table. It's supposed to be like this nice occasion. And we're all there. Pastor Pavone is there and his wife. And so Andrew walks in late, and here comes Landon, just like I planned. Get out of here, you little pervert. And Andrew's face is like, What happened? And everyone else is just looking around the room. And I'm just laughing hysterically. So that's a YOLO moment for me. I use that as an excuse to teach my little cousin something bad to do. And that's what a lot of people use YOLO to. And YOLO has kind of turned into a really big joke. A lot of kids in my youth group use it to joke all the time. And so I wanted to get you guys some of the top YOLO tweets that are on Twitter right now. Here's the number one one that's going around right now: shooting cats out of a cannon, out of passing cars. hashtag #YOLO. Don't blame me. This is just what I did research on. Using whiteout to make my teeth look white. Hashtag #YOLO. <laughs> that is a creative kid. Um, putting caution tape all around my neighbor's house, so when he wakes up, he thinks something happened. That's, that's, that's really mean. I don't know. And then this last one is by far my favorite, and I apologize to anyone who owns a hamster. I didn't say this one at the 6 o'clock service because no one would have understood it. Throwing your friend's hamster across the room and yelling, Pikachu, I choose you. <laughs> if, if, if you own a hamster, I'm going to come to your house and do this. So <laughs> I, I, We'll talk a little bit later because I think that would be really funny. But the more and more I started to think about this word, it started to get my mind going and I started to process some things. And you know what? I started to think how it's partially true for some of us Christians here in the room tonight. It's partially true for all of us that you know we do get one life here on the earth. But because of what Jesus has done for us, there's another life that eventually will pass from this life into the next because he has crushed death for us and that is no longer an option. And that really got me excited and really, you know, I I don't think that YOLO should be used as an excuse anymore with that in mind. I think that people should realize that we have a great opportunity to make a difference in this life. You know, you can live your life going out and partying and drinking and doing all those things and say YOLO at the end of the day, but I promise you, you'll live a really empty life if you do that. And tonight, I wanna talk to you about living a meaningful life with this one opportunity that God has given us. And this kind of brings up a lot of different things. And there's something that we need to talk about that a lot something that a lot of people are uncomfortable talking about, and that's death. And like I said before, it's tonight if you're a Christian, then you should be okay with talking about this. That this shouldn't spark fear in your heart. That we know for us today that the best is yet to come. And I know even though we're Christians, that's something that we wrestle with sometimes. It's still a scary thing. And my hope tonight is to show you that we have some amazing things that are waiting ahead of us and that are to come and that we have no reason to truly be afraid of death because of what Jesus has done for us and what awaits us in heaven. And so I just want you guys to know this. and, And it's so important That we that we grasp this tonight. That if you're not a Christian, that this could be your story too. That this isn't just for the Christians in the room. If if you aren't close to God, maybe you've never really known him, that this could be true of you, that there was a God that loves you so much, so he sent his only son Jesus. And he took the payment of your sins. And it was nailed with him on the cross. And he crushed death to death for you. And that he rose again. And now he has given you eternal life. And there are so many great things that await you tonight. So if you're not a Christian, I want you to know that tonight, that I'm not just speaking to Christians in the room, that this could be for you too, because there's a God that relentlessly loves you and you are here for a reason. It's no mistake that you're sitting in this seat tonight because God wants you to hear something. And so what's really at stake tonight is I don't want anyone in this room when they're sitting on their deathbed to say, I could have done more. I could have lived my life in a different way. If I just would have saw the opportunity that I had, I could have really made a difference in this life for a lot of people. See, my hope is that all of you, that day when you're getting ready to pass away, that you would sit on your deathbed and say, I lived this life out to the fullest. That I did everything I could and now I'm excited to meet my Maker." that you would long for that day when you get to see Jesus face to face. And tonight we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And Paul's going to answer two really big questions for us. Two questions that I've already begun to get going in your mind. And, and the first one is, what should we live for? know that there's this life and the world tries to throw so many different things at us it tells us you know you need to go to school and get good grades and then go to college and get good grades and get a really successful job and make a lot of money and then you'll be happy then you'll make a difference in this world and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that but tonight i think paul's going to show us something deeper than that something that he, all christians are really meant to live out and so that's the first thing that we're going to answer is, is what should we live this one life for And the second thing is why we should be excited that we have more than this life. Why is it okay not to be scared of death? Why is it an okay thing for us to talk about tonight? And Paul has some really awesome things for us to read tonight. And so we'll start in verse 16 in his letter to the church in Corinth. And this is what he says. Therefore, we do not lose heart. So he's talking to some of you guys right away. That might be a little Um, uncomfortable right now with talking about this subject. He says, don't lose heart. it's, It's okay. The subject that we're talking about tonight, it's gonna be okay, I promise you. There's no reason for you to lose heart because outwardly, we're wasting away. Isn't that a reality, guys? I'm sure some of the older people in the room would agree to that. At the six o'clock service, I got some of the older people a little upset with me because I, I said, I feel like I'm wasting away a little bit. You know, now when I play softball, like I'm always hurt. I'm always got pulling a hamstring or something. When I was 16, I didn't even know what a hamstring was. And so like, it's, it's been a big difference. And, I, and even though I'm still young and probably in the prime of my life right now, I'm still wasting away. This body is still decaying a little bit. And we all know what that's like. And, and that's a reality that we need to face. And that's why what Paul is saying. He's saying, you know what? Don't lose heart. You're wasting weight. That everyone is appointed to die in this life. And it's going to happen. They say that Walt Disney tried to escape death by freezing himself. I'll tell you what, no matter how many dollars he poured into that, no matter all the science, he is not coming back from that. It's not a reality. Because all of everyone dies, and it's appointed for us to die. And so then this is what he goes on to say. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. And this is why he says it's okay. It's okay that we're wasting away because inside, God's doing something. He's working something inside your heart and inside your soul that's gonna last. You don't take this body with you into the next life, but you take this soul. And God is constantly growing us. He's constantly teaching us stuff that will last forever that will go on with us. That's why it's so important that we have a walk with him because we should be being renewed every day, being strengthened by him in this life. See guys, here's something we need to understand is even though we're wasting away, none of us have a guarantee of tomorrow. None of us in the room have that, that something could happen to us and our life could be taken short and that's why it's so important that we live this life to the fullest every single day. That's why it's so important that daily we're being renewed by God on the inside because we never know when our number is called the I know a lot of my my friends that I went to school with and they know all the answers. They they, they know all the Christian stuff and and an answer they tell me a a lot is, you know, when when I get older, I'm gonna get all the stuff together. When I get older, I'm gonna start going to church Uh, because I know it's true and I know it's real, but I'm gonna put it off till then. You know, guys, I tell them, but why would you miss out when you could have it today? When you could be living for God in this moment right now? And I see the lives they're living. They're just putting themselves through more pain and more emptiness. They could have God today and he could be renewing them more and more. Let's go to the next verse, verse 17. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. There's a lot in this verse to unpack. Paul is saying some really deep things in here. And the first thing I really want us to emphasize is this word light. He calls his troubles light. I don't know about you guys, but when I look at Paul's life, I don't see someone's life who is really easy. The guy went through some really hard things, and I just want to show you what he writes. Just two chapters later, in, verse, in chapter six of Corinthians. And this is, this is a little bit of what he detailed that he's been through recently. This is what he says in verse 25. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I had been constantly on the move. I had been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold. Guys, Paul knew it all. See, there's things in this list that he's even leaving out that are written in other parts of the Bible. This guy went through some really hard things in his life. And for some reason, he's able to call it light. I don't know where you are in this room tonight. I don't know what some of the hardships and some of the struggles you're going through today are. But Paul's gonna reveal something to you that I hope will give hope to you. You know, I, I, like um, a couple weeks ago, I was talking to this guy and his world was literally falling apart and, and, I, and I was trying to give him advice. I was trying to encourage him on this and my heart was breaking for him so much in this moment. This guy was going through so many hard things and, and I want you to notice, I'm not trying to belittle anyone's circumstances tonight when, we're, when we read Paul's answer that I know that there are hard things in this life, but there is something that can get you through it. And, and as I'm sitting there with this kid, and uh, I'm in the process of writing this message too, and you know, I, I just kind of I, I told him, you know, just because this is going on right now, I really want you to read this verse. Paul went through some really hard things too. He had some really big battles in his life, but he was able to call his troubles light. And this is why. It's because Paul realizes the big picture when we miss so many times. We miss the big picture, guys. He's able to look at the troubles and go, they're momentary. See, that's the word that's right next to light that he puts there. These troubles are momentary compared to the life that awaits us. See, our time here on earth is finite. But the afterlife, when we go to meet Jesus, that's gonna be infinite. That's gonna go on forever and ever. And so he says, you know, these troubles, they're light, like compared in like the wide scope of it. They're light, guys. This guy went through everything. And he's able to say that because he understands compared to what awaits him in heaven, these things are light and momentary to the glory. And what does he say? Uh, The glory and the greatness that awaits him. See, Paul got the big picture, that something better was awaiting him. He says that it's achieving for us, it's working for us, a greater glory than anything we could ever understand. Yes, your problems are hard today, and my heart goes out to you but cling to a Savior who has a hope for you today, who fights for you today, and has a great place waiting for you. The Bible says that when we pass from this life into the next and we go to meet Jesus in heaven, that there will be no more weeping, that there will be no more pain, and there will be no more hurting. That's such an awesome promise, and Paul really understood that promise, and he got it and he truly lived it out in his life. And he was so eager for the rest of us to get it, especially to the church in Corinth. And so Paul answers that question for us. He answers the second question for us. Why is it okay for us to be okay with death? Because there is something so amazing that is awaiting for us. And we're gonna talk about that a little bit more in detail in a little bit, but we need to answer the first question now. And this is what he writes in verse 18. Verse 18. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So maybe some of you guys are looking at that and you're going, all right, what does that mean, Joey? How does that show me how I should live my life? Paul's saying this, he goes, don't live your life for temporal things. He's saying, focus on things that are going to last for eternity. See guys, temporal things are forgotten about all the time and they waste away. See, you know like that job that you were working for so hard and you were striving for, is that what you wanna be remembered for? Because he goes, these things will be forgotten. They'll waste away. They, They aren't gonna really change anyone. They're not gonna make an incredible difference. He's saying, live your life for eternal things. Set your eyes on that. So so what are eternal things? It's the way that fathers love their wives and love their children. It's when someone displays Christ really well in their everyday life that they point to him as the author and finisher of their faith. It's when you choose to speak words of life instead of death to other people, and you're encouraging them and building up their life. These are eternal things, and these things will last. last. And you know, when you're, you're gone, these are the kind of things that are gonna leave a legacy and really make a difference when you're gone. Those kinds of things, eternal things. And so that's what I wanna tell you guys tonight is focus your hearts on eternal things, things that will matter and things that will last I've been to a lot of funerals in my life. You know, as a pastor, we go to a bunch of these things, and I've gotten the opportunity to meet a bunch of different people that way. And, you know, I've been to funerals where people have lived for eternal things. You know, my, my aunt um, passed away, it was a family member of mine, and she lived for eternal things. And it's so obvious by her funeral, it was written all over it because everyone else talked about her legacy throughout that funeral. You couldn't stop the people from coming up and talking. And then I've been to funerals where people haven't lived for eternal things. You know people don't have much to say. Yeah, they're sad and they miss that loved one that's lost, but they don't leave behind a legacy. So that's why it's so important that we do this. And, And that's a question that I wanna ask you guys tonight. I really want you to go home and really process this what do you want to be remembered for when when you're gone? What do you want to be said about you? See, you could choose to live a legacy or or live a normal life. And the easiest way to do it, the way that God wants us to live it, is by living for eternal things. And it will greatly affect the people around us, guys. I've seen it so many times. And it's so obvious when people choose to live for this in their life. And, And so... I, you know, I, I kind of talked about you know how like, I kind of said stuff about the money and the job. I don't want you to get me wrong when I say that. God is going to call you guys into all different fields and all different scopes of life. Some of you will be doctors. Some of you will be lawyers, firefighters, businessmen, businesswomen. God's going to call you into different workplaces. And here's what I want you to know, is you don't have to be a missionary or a pastor to live for eternal things. That you could do it just by living for God and where He's placed you, because he's placed you there for a reason. There is someone that comes to this church, and you know, part of their legacy is, is, is that they are a, a businessman, and you know there's a couple other that come to our church, and this is their legacy too, but there's one in particular. and his legacy is, is that he's a giver. It's, it's part of it. And if it wasn't for this guy, I wouldn't be able to stand on this stage tonight and preach. Pastor Ravaugh wouldn't be able to do what he does. Doug wouldn't be able to do. And so, countless lives wouldn't be touched by the way that he gives. See, I was this is something I was talking to about about with Pastor Bravon is that that man is just as responsible when someone gets saved in this church, or that there's a good message being spoke, spoke as I am, or Pastor or Doug is, because he's providing it, and that's part of his legacy. No, know, recently a girl wrote me a letter and she was saying, you know, you know, what happened at the green room changed my life and what you were saying. And this girl was caught up in depression and a lot of hard things. And as I'm writing this message, God just put that in my head, you know. That's part of that man's legacy. That he has just as much to do with saving that girl as you do. That you are just the mouthpiece. But God works it all together. And that you can be in any scope of life. and you know there are some people that will argue that with me that you have to be a missionary or a pastor. But you know, there's so many examples throughout the Bible. Daniel was a politician in the Bible, yet he made a stand where he worked, and he left behind a legacy. He stood up for God, and he lived a legacy. Joseph Joseph wasn't a missionary or a pastor. He was a political leader, and he ended up being in charge of Egypt. He lived a legacy but he wasn't a pastor or missionary. And that, that's, that's what I want you guys to know is wherever God places you, you can live for eternal things and you can make a difference with the way you live your life if you choose to point it to Christ. And the best part is I can't, I can't really tell you what your legacy is. That's something between you and God. and So I encourage you to search that out, to find that. Well, what is it gonna be that you're gonna leave behind? I, and we know that it's gonna be for eternal things. And so there's a quote that I want to share with you guys tonight that I think sums up this night really well, that sums up this message really well for me tonight, and it's a quote by C.S. Lewis, and I just recently read his Chronicles of Narnia CD when uh, a couple, like a year or two ago, and it was a really awesome series, and even though it's for kids, God spoke some really deep things through that, those, that series through to me, and I would encourage you to do the same if you've never read that before but the books were really amazing and they were really exciting and I didn't know how he was gonna top it with the ending. I didn't know how he was gonna end it and put the story to rest and he totally exceeded all my expectations when he wrote this and this is one of my favorite C.S. Lewis quotes ever and this is what he said. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has ever read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before it. Man, I I love that quote so much because that speaks to me so deeply. See, I think for a lot of us, there's something in our heart that's longing for something deeper than what's here on this earth. You know, I've had that longing in my heart, I, I wanted to be a part of something great. That, that's why I love the Chronicles of Narnia so much is because these kids get to go on all these adventures and all these great things and they make get to like change their world that they are in. And you, you know what I, I've realized what that is in me? It's my heart realizing that this is just the beginning for me. That this is just the title and the cover page. That there is a future that awaits me where every day will be better than the one before it. And that is why we can be okay with death, guys. That's why we can be okay with these things, is because there's a future that awaits us. And God has so many awesome things for you. I'm not gonna get emotional when I say this next thing. I got emotional at the six o'clock, but I'm not gonna do it at this, at this one. In a year, and four days, I'm gonna be getting married. I'm not going to get emotional at this service. No, 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 don't clap. There is great anticipation in my heart for that day when I'm standing on this stage, you guys can get emotional, Uh, and my bride walks in, and I can't wait to see her in all of her beauty in that moment. I'm not going to do it. And and I'm going to be overwhelmed. I can't even talk about it. I told her we're not even going to be able to do vows because I'm going to be a mess. But my heart is filled with anticipation for that moment. I can't wait to see her coming down the aisle. And the Bible refers to the church as Christ's bride. You know that same anticipation that gets me excited in this moment, that same anticipation that makes me emotional, that's how Christ feels towards you today. He can't wait to see his bride come walking down the aisle. Guys, I know this can be hard for us sometimes when we hear ourselves referred to as the bride. But when there's that love with God, it doesn't matter. You, you, you get so excited, and you know. As much as I anticipate and I can't wait to see my bride come down the aisle. You know what moment I long for even more? You know what gets my heart even more excited than that? Is when I'll see Christ face to face. The man that gave everything for me. Who washed away my sins as far as the east is from the west. What an awesome promise that is. His heart is filled with anticipation for you guys tonight. He can't wait to see his bride. And I want you to know that, that he's excited for you. This is why we can be okay with death, is because the best is waiting for us, guys. Tonight, my goal necessarily hasn't been to reveal some great knowledge to you tonight. It hasn't been to open up your eyes to something amazing, but it's been to bring anticipation to your heart, to make you excited about what's to come. See, here's a reality I know, is that we all go through hard things, and a lot of you guys are going through that today in this moment. Know that there is something better waiting for you. There's something achieving for you, a greater glory. It's worth holding on. It's worth fighting through the hard days when God seems really far away and there seems like there's no hope. It's worth it to keep pushing because he's excited to see his bride. And we don't know exactly when he'll come back or when we'll meet him, but have anticipation for that moment that there's great things coming for us, guys. And that is my real prayer and my hope tonight, is that you would know how much God loves you and how much he can't wait to see you and how in love he is with you. Don't fear death any longer because that's just the beginning. This life has just been the cover and the title page. So here's what I want you guys to walk away with. I want you to live a legacy by living for eternal things, a life that is pointed to- towards internal things, uh, eternal things, eternal things, And then when you leave this earth, that you would leave a legacy as you pass and be with your savior. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for what you've done tonight, Holy Spirit. I pray tonight, God, for anyone who's in the middle of some rough things, God. I pray for anyone who's in the middle of a hard life tonight, God. I pray that they would be able to be like Paul, God. That they would look on their situation, And say that it's a light and momentary trouble compared to what awaits them, God. God, that you would do something great. God, I I pray that you would inspire so many people tonight to live for eternal things, God. I pray, God, that you would send people to be missionaries. God, that you would send people to be pastors. That you would lead doctors and you would lead lawyers and businessmen and businesswomen into the world. And God, that they would make a difference. That they would live for kingdom things and eternal things. I pray, God, that you would be with them, Lord, that you would walk every step of the way with them, Lord. Your name we pray. Amen.